0: This podcast contains adult language and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hi, I'm Grant.
0: And I'm Erica.
1: And this is From, From Crime, Crime to, to Crime.
0: Crime. Hey, guys, it's Erica. I just wanted to take a quick second before the episode starts to let you know that Grant was not in his normal recording studio this week, so if his audio sounds a little bit different than normal, that's why. And we promise next week we will be 100% back to normal, but we didn't want to miss this case this week. We were really excited about it, and we wanted to make sure we got it out to you guys. Enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome back to Different Crime to Crime.
0: Hey guys, welcome back. I bet you're so excited this week, Grant. I picked a Jane Doe case because I know how much you love them.
1: I do. I love Jane Doe cases. They're so, so exciting.
0: Hey, you made me sit through a bank robbery last week, so. (laughs) I'll be
1: honest, this one, this Jane Doe is actually really interesting and, you know, it's not your typical run-of-the-mill Jane Doe's. There's lots of twists and turns like the robbery last week. So I'm really looking forward to talking about it because obviously I've done all my research. How about you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's not just looking at a bad sketch going, do you recognize this cartoon character? Like, there's a lot to this story.
1: There is, and a lot of real pictures and real, you know, names and social security cards and IDs. And people. Real people that should point in the right direction of this, but it absolutely doesn't.
0: Yeah. So the case we're going to do this week is the El Dorado Jane Doe. El Dorado. Well, if you live in Arkansas, apparently you call it El Dorado. The rest of the world would call it El Dorado.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're from Southern California. We'll call it El Dorado.
0: Yeah, but technically I think it is El Dorado, but we will probably mess up quite a few times because we've always pronounced it El Dorado. Because
1: that's the proper pronunciation.
0: I would think so, yeah.
1: All right, why don't you set the scene?
0: Yeah, so it's Arkansas, summer of 91. It's probably super hot and humid. I would imagine. Yeah, EMF's Unbelievable. Oh, is number 1 on the pop charts.
1: I have no idea who EMF is.
0: You don't know that song? Unbelievable. Is it that one that goes, "You're unbelievable"? Yeah, that's what, I just sang it
1: perfectly. I don't know about perfect, but you sang it. Yeah. And I have I still have no idea who they are. I know the song, but I've never heard of the band.
0: Oh. I'm pretty sure they were one-hit wonder. Do you know what was number 1 on the country charts
1: in 91? Yeah. In the summer of 91? Well, 90s is when Garth Brooks really reigned as supreme king and leader. <laughs>
0: guess wisely.
1: Okay. No Fences came out in 1990. Friends in Low Places was on that album. I'm going to guess Friends in Low Places.
0: Nope. Ah, George Strait? <laughs> no. Garth Brooks nah, had four it? number ones that year, though. And But in the summer of 91, it was Thunder Rolls. Oh, well, hey, at least
1: I was close.
0: Yeah, you were close.
1: Yeah, so. God, Garth, I like that. Good, good job, Grant.
0: Yeah. So our case starts with a girl named Mercedes, who was an exotic dancer and a sex worker. And she had this boyfriend named James McAlphin, who was a huge bummer. This guy was a total dick. And he also kind of fancied himself as a pimp, which is there like a more professional name for a pimp?
1: Yeah, there is. There's a few of them, actually, and I and I looked them up for this case. Are you ready for them? Kind of. So you could be a procurer is also an interchangeable word for pimp. You could be a go-between, brothel keeper, sentenuer, which I don't know what that even means. And the best one of all of them, a fancy man. You could be a fancy man and be called a pimp. Like.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. So those are our synonyms.
0: Okay. I'm probably going to stick with pimp because I'm not calling this guy a fancy man.
1: Uh, I'll, I I got you there. I have a hard time even calling her boyfriend. You know, he really yeah. was, was not that. But over the year or so that they had been together, Mer- Mercedes had been arrested quite a few times for prostitution, public lewdness, and even writing bad checks, which is kind of the silliest reason to get arrested. But, you know, I guess it can happen. But starting back in December of 1990 in Dallas and Garland, Texas, to May of 1991 in Arkansas, she was arrested under the name Cheryl Ann Wick.
0: Yeah, and she also spent a lot of time in the ER from injuries sustained from McAlpin's physical abuse.
1: Right. So, so this is not this a guy's boyfriend. A piece this of is. Shit. Yeah, he does suck in every way that a person could suck.
0: Yeah. And the authorities and the doctors and nurses even tried to, like, intervene because they got to know her, you know, on occasion. But just like in most domestic violence situations, McAlphin was a master manipulator and he always talked her into staying with him and putting up with it. So finally, sometime, though, around June of 91, she did get the courage to leave him. Yeah, go girl. Yeah. And she moved in with a friend named Andrea Cooksey. And she even started dating a new guy, which is like good for her. She kind of got out of this terrible situation she was in.
1: Yeah, that is a really good thing for her. And I'm really happy that she was able to do something like that. But obviously, James was really angry. And with that comes the jealous sort of person. And he just wouldn't give up. He would call Andrea's house and keep bugging for mercedes all the time and he'd even like throw threats out there and whatnot but then he'd flip the switch and he could be a sweet talker and that's where his manipulation would really work on july 10th 1991 when he offered her a couple hundred bucks if she came to see him at the Whitehall motel where he was staying and you know she went and said hey i'm gonna use the money to buy gifts for my kids so at least part of her was thinking a little you know in a good way but I mean, I think logic would tell anybody it's not the best idea to go to where your abuser is.
0: Well, yeah. And this motel was not an embassy Suites. It's (laughs) been demolished now, but it was one of those places that was pretty much known for shady characters to hang out and rent by the hour, by the week, which is... Why there are a few eye and ear witnesses to this whole situation, but nobody did anything because it was kind of one of those places where you mind your own business sort of thing. Yeah, everyone
1: who's living there isn't there because they're upstanding citizens and, you know, have followed the typical track. They're there because that's where they can get by for
0: now. Right. So when Mercedes arrived at room 121, her and James began to fight and a neighbor from one of the other rooms in the motel knocked on the door to pick up some cassette tapes that McAlphin had borrowed from him. And Mercedes answered the door and she told the neighbor, you talk to him. And she ran out of the room.
1: How 1991 of him to go pick up some cassette tapes. You know, like, yeah. hey, I heard some, uh, heard some ruckus. Just came over to get my cassette tapes. Had to
0: got yeah. to
1: record the next thing off of the, the radio here pretty soon. Yep. Man. Most kids will not understand that at all. (laughs) That is millennial and before. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she didn't get very far after she ran out because James came flying out after and he caught her in the parking lot. And we hear he supposedly started hitting her and grabbing her by the hair and telling her, get back in the room, bitch. And he took her back up to his room. And a few minutes later, witnesses say they heard one single gunshot ring out.
0: I just can't imagine that people saw this happen, and nobody called nine one one. Nobody called the cops. It's like, wow, like what goes on at this motel that this is like yeah. an everyday thing that they're just like, oh, I mind my own business and go back in my room.
1: I think that's exactly it. I think where these people are are living and from, I think there's a lot of distrust from the police, and they try to keep them out as much as they can, and you know, let the community handle things.
0: Yeah, that's just crazy to me that. It's like, I get not getting involved because you're not supposed to ever get involved in domestic situations, but call 911. I mean, maybe they couldn't have gotten there in time, but maybe they could have, you know, it's like, anyway, just at that time that the gunshot went off, though, her roommate, Andrea, was walking by the motel and heard the gunshot and, was
1: And Did Andrea go with her? I never quite understood. Did she go with her and she was just kind of walking around waiting for her to come back out? Or would, did she just happen to be on a walk?
0: Well, from what I understand, the place where they were living was very close to the motel. Oh. And maybe she was on a walk to go check on Mercedes because she had been gone a while. But they've never really... I mean, I've never seen anything from Andrea saying why... She was walking by the motel, but from everything I've heard, Mercedes walked there on her own because it was so close. Mm. So that would make sense if Andrea, even if she was just walking up to the local market or something, maybe if it was that close, she had to walk by the hotel.
1: Okay. That makes sense. I just, I never found a clear understanding of why, so I wanted to ask.
0: Anyway, so as she heard the gunshot, there was witnesses that saw James running through the parking lot into his car and immediately Andrea knew- You know, oh my God, something, you know, is wrong. And she ran to the room and found Mercedes dead.
1: Oh my gosh. Like what, what a tragedy. You know, she did everything she could to get out. She finally was making that change, hopefully for good. And he just couldn't take it.
0: It, Honestly, is what it came down to. Well, that's why they always say that when you're leaving an abuser or a violent relationship, leaving is the most dangerous time.
1: Oh, absolutely. I totally understand that. But Obviously, somebody did call the police because when the police arrived, they found her social security card, they found her driver's license, and they had an arrest record with her name on it, Cheryl Ann Wick. So the cops knew that they had to call her parents, and you know what they knew was she was from Minnesota. But when they called Cheryl's sister, picked up, and you know she was devastated to find out that her sister had had died and all this stuff. But when they did a little bit of research, they actually found out that. Cheryl was perfectly fine and she was alive and well.
0: Can you imagine
1: no, Like getting a phone call from the
0: cops that your sister has been murdered and then being like, I didn't even know she was in Arkansas. And then from what I've heard, she picked up the phone and called her sister and her sister answered.
1: Oh my God. How weird is that? You know, everybody does that. I think when somebody dies, they just yeah. hope and hope and hope that they'll answer. Yeah, And this one actually did.
0: Yeah. Good for her. I mean, how that's crazy. good news for that family. Yeah, so, absolutely. According to interviews with the real Cheryl, too, her she doesn't really know how Mercedes got her social, except that she was working as a dancer in Minneapolis at a place called Party Time and she used to carry her social security card in her wallet. And she was saying that when you're a dancer up, you know, on the stage, people have access to your things. And so it could have gotten stolen around that time and she didn't notice it though until they had called to tell her that she was dead which kind of sucks because how long had mercedes been using this id she'd been arrested multiple times under her name like i wonder how long that took the real cheryl ann wick to get that cleared off of her like arrest record
1: i bet that was an absolute nightmare i remember one time in the 90s my mom had her identity stolen and that was a mess then she caught it pretty quick you know, this woman had no idea and it had been going on for so long. Yeah. But the cops need to figure out who Mercedes is. Like, they have no idea what her real name is. So they went and luckily they found James McAlphin and they arrested him pretty quick and they charged him for her murder, which thankfully that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. he was zero help in identifying her. And he did say he knew her real name, but he wouldn't talk unless, you know, he he got some kind of compensation for
0: it. Which obviously the cops aren't going to pay him. And nobody else is going to pay him because he's a dipshit. So (laughs) the cops are like, well, screw this guy. And they start asking her friends and acquaintances, like, what's her real name? And they got a million stories from all of her friends and people that she knew. But every story wasn't true. Every single person knew her under a different name and she had told them a different backstory. That's a lot to
1: keep in order.
0: Yeah. The only thing that I've thought, because I've thought about that too, like how do you keep all those lies straight? But it does seem when we go through this timeline here, it does seem that she didn't know anybody for a very long period of time. So I don't think she had to keep it going for very long. Does that make sense? Like she would pick a name and use it for a little while and then move on.
1: Yeah. And that kind of, it does sound what someone in this kind of a lifestyle would probably do just, you know, keep moving from thing to thing and not, you know, set roots anywhere too long.
0: Right. So
1: what were some of the names that she used?
0: Yeah. So Kelly was a common first name that she used with a couple of different last names, car being the most used one and car spelled both ways with a K and a C. Got it. And then Cheryl and Wick, like she was arrested under and like the social security card That she had, which we don't know if she stole or if she bought it from somebody who stole it. So there's really no proof that she ever spent any time in Minneapolis. Because there is proof that she spent a lot of time in the South, but not much up in Minneapolis. So Right. And then some of the other names were Shannon and Sharon Wiley.
1: Any idea why she chose any of these names?
0: No, not that I know of. I mean... Maybe when we figure out her real name, we might know because they do seem to be very similar. Shannon, Sharon, Cheryl. There was another Cheryl that she used, Cheryl Kaufman. So maybe that's close to her real name.
1: It could be, but it wasn't just her name that changed a whole bunch too. And as we kind of talked about, she had different stories to go with her different aliases and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But she even was telling some people that she was in the witness protection program because her dad had been in the mafia. So who knows what any of the truth is? here?
0: And she told her friends that her kids live with her mom and that she and her mom didn't get along. And then she told some other people that she lived in a homeless shelter in Fort Worth. And while she was living in that homeless shelter, she had a child taken away from her by CPS and she couldn't get the child back because she wasn't living under her real name like so she admitted that she wasn't using her real name
1: right and there's been rumors that she told people she was a runaway but nothing's ever really been proven that any of those stories are real
0: yeah and when the police you know went through her possessions they found a bible with a list of family members names in it which is super common to you know record births and deaths and sure. weddings and family Bibles. I don't know that people do it that much anymore, but I know old school that was really common. Like my grandparents have family Bibles with tons of names in them inside, you know? Do so they have like the...
1: dates are in them or like what yeah. do they yeah? Like okay, they just cool.
0: like if a baby's born, they just write the baby's name and the date and that's the record of when the baby was born. You know, or if somebody dies, same thing. So The Stroud family was the surname listed in the Bible. And so, of course, the police were like, well, let's track them down and see if this is her family. Maybe this is the one keepsake she kept from her childhood, you know. And they found the Stroud family living in Irving, Texas. And when the police went to question them, they were like, great. Obviously, she's not related to them because they were black and she's pretty white.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and my first initial reaction is because I have two sisters who are adopted or, Hey, they could still be adopted, but that's not what happened because the Stroud said that she did stay with them for a little bit and they couldn't remember. It was either the late eighties or the early nineties, but they thought that she was just a runaway from either Louisiana or Florida. And I'd really like to know more about that. Like they just, like where did they meet her? Yeah, exactly. How did they meet other than knowing that she might be a runaway What else did they know about her? Did they only know that she may or may not be a runaway from one of these, you know, southern states?
0: And I'm assuming since the police did contact them and they were able to interview them, the police probably know more about what story she told them. But from everything I've read, the police say it was still bullshit. Like what she told them turns out to not be true. So there are tons of people who knew her when she was alive, but nobody knew her true story. It seems like everybody she met, she gave a different version of where she came from and everybody she met, she didn't know for very long. So James seemed to be the one person who knew her for the longest. And since he's like the sketchiest guy on the planet, you can't believe anything that comes out of his mouth.
1: I know he's made a lot of accusation that he knows her real identity, but he's tried to scam the police and reporters And anyone who would, you know, talk to him really and try to get money or gifts or anything like that. But the tidbits that he has been given haven't led to anything. He's even said that he met her mother and a sister and that they were from Florida and she has kids. So similar stories that she's been telling everybody, but nothing to back those things up. And the biggest, I guess, piece that he gave, and again, we don't know if this is true or not, was that. She had been sex trafficked as a teenager by a guy that she was dating. And then as she became an adult, she chose to live the sex worker lifestyle.
0: Yeah, which I'd like to point out isn't true, because if she was trafficked as a teen, she didn't have a choice. And then according to McAlphin, she was passed around between a pimp named J.D. in Texas, who supposedly was the guy who trafficked her as a teenager, and then a guy named Tyrone, who became her pimp after J.D., And then she ended up with McAlphin, and he says that by the time she was with him, she was a willing sex worker. But when she tried to leave McAlphin, he murdered her. So she didn't have a choice.
1: Well, I can understand where you're coming from from that, but I can also understand that if she did come from this very seedy background of being, you know, bought and sold and passed around and whatnot, sex work is kind of all she knows. So... I can understand her where at least it would seem like it was her choice, even if it really wasn't. But I can understand where, you know, for her, it might think that or for her, she might think it was her only choice.
0: Right. That's what I was going to say is that it's still not her choosing it. It's her being trapped in that life because of what they did to her. True. That's true. So, so I guess she's
1: choosing the only thing she knows.
0: Right. And then when she tried to make a change, he murdered right. her. So she didn't have a choice and she didn't choose this willingly. The other weird thing is that he says that some of the things that she did when she was with Tyrone is the reason that she lives under a fake name.
1: What'd she do with Tyrone?
0: Well, he says that she may have been involved in the murder of a truck driver during a robbery, So he says that she would be like the lure and then Tyrone would rob these truck drivers. And the one case that most people speculate this could be is the murder of a truck driver named Dwayne McCorkendale, who was killed in the eighties in Chandler, Oklahoma. But I'm not sure why there's so much weight put on this story when nothing that James has ever said has turned out to be true. And if we're being honest, up to this point, nothing Mercedes has said has ever been true. Yeah,
1: that's real, That's a really interesting point, is that nothing that she has said has been true. So, you know, it is possible right. that maybe she did
0: tell him that, and that's what he believes. Right. Because there are stories that she told other people that, too, that she was wanted for a bank robbery on the East Coast, which the FBI says they have no record of a bank robbery suspect matching her description, She told people she had been involved in a murder during a robbery. That's what I'm saying. I don't know why they put so much weight on this and try to tie it to that Dwayne McCorkendale case when there's nothing that she said has turned out to be true yet. And they don't have any suspects in the Dwayne McCorkendale case, so why would she have to change her name? Unless they were actively looking for her as a suspect, why would she change her name?
1: In case maybe they were actively looking for somebody or they had some kind of evidence that they needed to come after her with, I can understand why she would change her name after something like that. You know, the police aren't stupid.
0: Yeah, but they don't have any leads in the Dwayne McCorkindale case. And
1: if they do... Like,
0: they're not looking for anybody. But if
1: they do get any leads, she'll be one, maybe two steps ahead of them already by having a different alias ready to go.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would be smart. Yeah. If she did that. But I just don't understand why we're taking the word of James McAlphin, you know. Well... So serious. I get what you're saying. And trying to connect it to this murder, which I feel like if she was involved in that murder, that does suck. And she is a criminal. But at the same time, like we've talked about before, she hasn't really had a lot of control over what's going on in her life up to this point that we know of.
1: Yeah, but he's he said some pretty crazy things throughout all of this to police. And he told them that if they're able to identify who she is, it's going to help solve some of the other cold cases as well, including the Fort Worth 3, which is three young girls who went missing from Fort Worth in the, in the 70s. I think it was a strip mall. Is that right?
0: It wasn't a strip mall. It was a mall mall.
1: Just a regular mall? Okay.
0: Yeah, From the parking garage.
1: Rachel Trulica, Lisa Renee Wilson, and Julianne Mosley went missing from the mall and have never been seen since.
0: But he also says that they were trafficked in the Fort Worth area for years. And it's like, that case was so well known. Those girls were so young. And that's not how human trafficking works. Like, if you stole three girls from that area, you're going to ship them. You're not going to keep them right in the area where everybody's looking for them. So James McAlphin is pretty much full of shit. Uh,
1: so, but think about Elizabeth Smart, though. She what, She wasn't trafficked. She was kidnapped and held, but they stayed right in the area. So. Only
0: for a short time. And then they went to San Diego, which is two states away from oh, where she was right. abducted. But didn't they find her in Utah again? Because she talked her abductor into driving her back to Utah.
1: All right, I'll give you this one.
0: And that's different because she wasn't trafficked. She was kidnapped and held. That's like a totally different type of case. But either way, James McAlphin is full of shit. And I don't believe he knows her identity because he served his time for her murder and was released after only like 12 and a half years. And shocker, he ended up back in jail for weapons offenses. Time out. 12 and 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 a half
1: years? for murder and like that's such a small amount of time yep that's unbelievable
0: i've never been able to figure out why they did charge him with second degree murder which is more like you know you didn't intend you know you didn't plan it out there was no premeditation but he lured her to the hotel with the promise of money and then killed her like i don't know how they couldn't prove intent with that
1: yeah he may not have intended to kill her but he was intending to do something nefarious with her and well, and she he had made threats
0: to kill right. her before that. Right, she And ended then up dead. he lured her, like, I'm not sure how they couldn't pull that off, but they didn't. So 12 years is what he got. And like I said, shocker, he ended up back in jail on weapons offenses and had to serve 18 months. So if he knew anything, I feel like he would have leveraged the information that he knew to get out of those weapons charges.
1: Yeah, I bet you're right. Because, you know, at that point, What do you have to lose? Literally nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You've already served your time for her murder. So what's the difference? But then in 2011, he ended up back in prison for second degree domestic battery and got 10 years in prison. So again, he got a 10 year prison sentence for domestic battery. It's like, if you guys would have just kept him in jail, that poor woman, whatever he did to her would not have happened. Yeah. But besides that, He's in trouble again with the law. So it's like if he knew, he would have said something. But I don't know why they keep giving this guy chance after chance after chance. He's out again. Is he again? Yep. Oh as of October God. 2020, he was released and he is free to roam the streets and beat and kill women as he pleases cuz obviously he only gets 10 or 12 years every time he does it.
1: Well, at this point that he should be getting kind of old. So uh, fingers crossed, man, that he puts that to rest, but
0: huh. This
1: is kind of where this case has pretty much sat, though, for the last 30 years. And the really gnarly thing about all of this is that they have their, her DNA. They have her fingerprints. They have photos of her when she was alive. But it's still just you and me and other people on the Internet trying to match missing people to her pictures, which turns out among her belongings, there were quite a few pictures of her. So we don't have to rely on some you know, post mortem autopsy photos or sketches with this Shane Doe. We know what she looks like, but that makes it more baffling that 30 years later, we don't know where this case sits.
0: That's why I thought you would be a little more interested in this case, because it's like, how in the world do we not know who this woman is?
1: Yeah, that makes it so interesting.
0: We know so much about her, although we don't know so much about her because most of it turns out to not be true. But it's like, it's crazy that there was just nothing until 2019. When the DNA actually turned up a hit, when they were using genetic genealogy, they found a second cousin of Mercedes in Alabama. And when they contacted her, she didn't recognize her, but she said that she could see the family resemblance. And they traced Mercedes' paternal grandparents to a couple named Daniel Wood and Mamie Carter from Virginia. So these grandparents of Mercedes are this second cousin's great-grandparents.
1: That's wild. That's so crazy.
0: It is wild. And it's wild, too, because, like, I know all my second cousins, so I'm like, we'll just tell them who she is. But I understand that that's not how all families work and not everybody knows their <laughs> full, like, extended family. So yeah. I'm like, that's not even that big of a di- – like, what? I'm like, I can – I literally was texting my second cousin today.
1: I, I don't doubt it because your family, that's totally normal. But most yeah. – It's not. And I've got a couple theories about this that I think you're going to hate. So, you know, I'm really excited to get those.
0: (laughs) Okay, hold on. So this seems like a really promising lead, but. Sure does. Yeah. But the thing with Dan and Mam, as I like to call them, Dan Wood (laughs) and Mamie Carter.
1: I like that. Dan and Mam.
0: Is that they super liked each other a bunch and they had an astronomical amount of children, like 56 of them or some crazy shit. Okay, so,
1: it was just nine, which is still a ton of kids. Don't get me wrong, but fifty six yeah. is a lot more excessive.
0: Nine kids though. Can you believe that? Ugh. No. I don't like that's a anybody lot. enough to have nine kids with them. Sorry, babe. It's okay. I was talking to Matt, but yeah. Oh,
1: sorry. I <laughs> <laughs> should really confuse our fans, huh?
0: Yeah. So Mercedes dad is one of their sons is how I'm understanding this tree, but they haven't announced publicly which one, but even if they know it obviously hasn't led to who she is. And part of that is because it's a paternal match. So there's always issues with dads, you know, they're not always who they say they are. They're not always on the birth certificate. Some people don't know their dads, you know, some people get women pregnant and then they don't even know that the woman's pregnant or had a child. That's what I was
1: going to say. Yeah.
0: But there could be an
1: answer to this case any day now.
0: So on Facebook, it does seem like when the second cousin's talking and anybody like involved in the inner workings of this case, it seems like they know or understand more of the tree than they're saying Like, they may know who Mercedes' father is, based on the family tree, but it sounds like he doesn't know who Mercedes is.
1: Or even maybe who her mother is.
0: Right. And that's the problem with not knowing who she is or her age. How can you ask some guy who, by the way, now is either not alive or super elderly, like, hey, what were you doing between 1955 and 1975? And who'd you hook up with? yeah that's a big gap because we don't know how old she is
1: especially i mean that gap too is all that free love movement so he he really could have no idea just been at woodstock something you know happened and
0: away they went yeah it is kind of kind of weird like the paternal thing but like i said not everybody knows who their dad is not every dad knows they have a kid you know until Absolutely. you run an Ancestry DNA thing, and then you go, oh, shit.
1: Or you're like, oh, cool. You know, it could go either way.
0: Like I was saying, like, obviously, if you ran my DNA, my dad would trace you back to me. But if we ran your DNA...
1: They have no idea.
0: Well, if there was a paternal match, it wouldn't lead back to you.
1: No, no, it wouldn't. Or
0: if you were adopted. Yeah, you're right. It's crazy.
1: It could just, you know, stop yeah. with them and go, oh, man, we don't know. You know, we, we didn't know about him. Yep. That could definitely be how that would
0: go. Yeah. Or... If they figure out where he's been, they could run DNA. Like, he's like, oh, well, I lived in this town for that long. Just go to that town and take everybody's DNA. See if anybody else is related to her. That'd be cool. Is that a lot to ask? It's quite kind of a, a tall order, yeah. But,
1: you know. Okay.
0: Maybe. Because if he's like, well, I was living in Baton Rouge between 1960 and 1979. they would be like, okay, Baton Rouge. <sighs> they should, up to bat.
1: They should have done it during quarantine when when everybody was home.
0: mm They should have.
1: So it sounds like we're close to figuring this out. And the truth of it all could come out any day. So before it does come out, let's talk about what your theories are, what my theories are. And then soon, hopefully, when they break this case, we can see who is right and who is wrong. (laughs) That's funny. I have two theories, and I know you're going to hate at least one of them, maybe both. So do you want to start or do you want me to start?
0: I'll start. I'll tell you my theory. Right. Some of the more common theories I guess we should start with are that she was a runaway from somewhere, who knows where, and that her family really isn't looking for her and didn't report her missing because she was either late teens or not a teen anymore when she ran away. So she was an adult and ne- they never reported her missing because she ran away on her own. right? Or that she was kidnapped as a child. That could be. And because she wasn't found until she was an adult she doesn't look anything like her childhood photos so people aren't connecting the dots which eh, i don't know about that because i feel like if she was kidnapped as a child her family would be looking for her. they'd have dna on file you know child abductions from a stranger that would put them into sex trafficking are rare yeah if that was what happened her parents would be looking for her if they weren't involved, you know?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And then obviously her parents being involved is another theory, but I just, how am I going to say this? My most likely theory is that she made all of these crazy stories up and all these crazy names up and all the stuff that she was doing because she has no backstory. I think she doesn't have a family looking for her. Maybe she was in the foster care system or something and... When she turned 18, she aged out and she didn't know what else to do. So she got involved with the wrong people and she made up all these stories because it sounded good that she had a mom somewhere and she had a sister somewhere and she had babies somewhere. But maybe none of it was true. Maybe she didn't have any of that.
1: So m- the my biggest theory that I think is, is probably... Close, my closest guess to accurate, is along those lines, except I don't think she was in foster care. I do think she came from a really bad background. I think she was born to somebody who had some kind of addiction issues one way or another, maybe was already involved in the sex trade lifestyle. But I don't think there's been Mm -hmm. ever any public record of her. So I don't think she was in the foster care system. I think this kid was sold at a really, really young age to pedophiles and... That's why there's no record of her. And that's why she keeps making things up because she has no idea. Could she have kids? Yeah, she definitely could have some kids, but I don't think she knows her mom. I think what you're saying is right. Having that story of, you know, oh, my mom's taking care of them or whatever, but she may have kids that had to go into foster care immediately because maybe she was using drugs or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing that there doesn't seem to be any record of her having substance abuse issues. Like, you know, in a lot of these cases, they're like, oh, she was strung out and all that stuff. There doesn't seem to be any history of that with her, which is interesting to me.
1: It is interesting. But I mean, if this girl was sold at a young age, she probably doesn't have a lot of the basic human functioning to get out, you know, reading, writing, basic math, things like that. So that's why she keeps choosing this lifestyle. She doesn't have another one to turn to. So that's kind of where my head goes with
0: this. Well, I don't hate that theory. I th- I think that's actually pretty likely. Yeah. No, my other theory is the one you're going to. Especially say. since some of her diary entries, they have said even though she can write, you know, she has legible handwriting and everything, the words and what's written seems like immature for you know thinking that she was somewhere between twenty sure. and thirty. The writing style seems very young for that. So. I mean, that could be because she didn't finish school or...
1: Go to school and she just kind of picked up what she could as she went. Yeah. yeah,
0: Interesting. Okay, so what's your crazy theory then that I am going to hate?
1: That she's a time traveler that just came from the fourth dimension and was plopped down in here and kind of assimilated to
0: our world. Yeah, I'm going to hate that. So let's not get into that. (laughs) That's a dumb theory.
1: I only had that one to string you along all week so I could get you thinking like, oh, he's up to something. But I actually had the other good one, but I had that one just to build your anticipation.
0: Yeah, no, I do like your other one though, because I I do think that her stories are made up for a reason. If she had a real story, a real backstory, I feel like she would have said it at some point to somebody. Even mixed in with all these fake stories, one of them would have been the real story.
1: Well, and to have somebody else's social security card and identification, now she doesn't have to go out and find those things. She has them. She's never had them before, but she knows that that's what people have. She's seen it. She's heard about it.
0: Yeah, because if she And she got her
1: opportunity and she took it.
0: Yep. Because if she has all these fake IDs and socials and everything else, why isn't her real one mixed in with all of those? Where's her real ID? Right. That's
1: a great question. Exactly. I don't think she's ever had one. I don't think there's any public record of her.
0: And that would make sense. I mean, the weirdest thing, too, that I've noticed is that all of these different names and her arrest record and even everything McAlphin says is only from about a year and a half before she was murdered. Where the hell did she come from before that?
1: Exactly. You know, there had to be somebody with her, some kind of story. That people aren't
0: telling. So, And I know a lot of it is like, that's well... That's where the time traveler comes in. Oh, stupid. No time traveling. <laughs> but it's like, I get like, okay, yeah, she was in a different state and she had different friends, but starting from where she was in El Dorado, they traced her back to Texas, to Shreveport, Louisiana, to all these different places, but then it just stops. It's like, well, where did she come from before that?
1: I think she escaped something. Yeah. You know, yeah. some kind of situation, whether she was sex trafficked, kidnapped, whatever the case is...
0: Yeah, maybe. I think
1: she got out of her situation and you know, well, then was taken off on her own. That's a pretty good she theory. She was old enough, fine.
0: That's a pretty good theory. Thank you. So your theory is that she was she escaped something where she was never really on the grid, like nobody ever knew about exactly. her. Exactly. And my theory is that exactly. she was in the system and then when she aged out, just nobody cared because who's gonna report her missing? So it could be any of these theories or it could be none of them. We won't ever know until she gets her name back. So let's go through some of her identifying features real quick.
1: Yeah. And because that's her identifying features are also, you know, kind of make her stand out a little bit because she was pretty tall. Yeah. She was between five ten and
0: six feet tall, which is normally, very tall for a woman, I think.
1: It is. Yeah, it, it is very tall for a woman. Yeah. But normally she had bleach blonde hair. But at the time of her death, it was actually pretty short and she had stopped coloring it. So it was kind of a light brown.
0: Yeah, but up until that point, she had, and every report I've seen said that her hair was professionally cut and colored and she took very good care of herself. And But then That's really interesting. all of a sudden she just stopped coloring her hair and cut it short. That seems weird too.
1: Yeah, but it could also be indicative of somebody who is trying to change. They're trying to move on from the, what they know. And grow, and she was probably trying to get away from a calf yeah. at the time. That it know, could that also be sense,
0: indicative of her starting a new identity. Maybe she chose a new name, and that girl had brown hair. Like
1: that definitely could know. be true too. Yeah. definitely could be. But she also had blue eyes, and because of kind of the violent life that she had led up to into her death, she had some scars near her eye. There were some on her torso, and you know those are all believed to come from her violent lifestyle. She also had a couple of pierced ears. And was known to either be an exotic dancer or have some kind of history in the sex work trade.
0: Right. And if you want to see pictures of Mercedes, because there's a million of them, you can go to our Instagram at From Crime to Crime and take a look. We'll post, you know, a bunch of them on there and let us know what your theory is on who you think she might be or if you recognize her. And if
1: you solve it, we'll send you a From Crime to Crime shirt and (laughs) a mug. We'll send you a mug, too. And stickers and pens. We're going to go all out if you solve yep. this. I just decided right now. Yeah. Very excited for our, one of our listeners to solve this.
0: Yep. So it is It is quite interesting. It's just one of those things that it just feels like if everybody took five seconds to look at this girl's picture, somebody has to know who she was.
1: If anybody ever saw her on, you know, a typical system. But I don't think anybody has. I don't think she went to school I don't think she grew up in any kind of normalcy at all. So I really don't think that anybody who would come forward and tell who she is will do that. Because I think the people who do know who she is are people who (laughs) would not come forward to do that because they had her for a bad reason.
0: Right. Or knew her under bad circumstances. That could be it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get what you're saying.
1: they could be victims themselves and just not want to relive that whole thing. You know, there's lots Mm -hmm. of, lots of ways to go about
0: that. Well, it seems like you got pretty into this one for being a Jane Doe case.
1: Yeah. You know, I did. I I thought it was pretty interesting and I just, I wanted to make you happy. So I just, I really just dug down deep and I threw myself into it. Oh, good.
0: All right. Well, do you got anything else on this one? No more time travel talk. That's gross.
1: (laughs) No, I don't think so. I think my time travel is done for now.
0: All right. Well, if you guys have any theories you want to share with us, come visit us at From Crime to Crime on Instagram or send us an email at from crime to crime podcast at gmail.com.
1: And one of us will get back to you. It'll be me. Most likely.
0: <laughs> if anybody ever gets an email from Grant, I would you should frame it because he doesn't even hey, email me back.
1: I'm I'm very polite and courteous, thank you. Yeah. See, I said thank you. I see. (laughs) All right.
0: Well, we better get going because we actually did pretty good on this one on time. So you're going to make your softball game.
1: I am. And stop sweating so much.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry about your hot room. (laughs) That's okay. Grant's doing hot yoga while we record this.
1: No, it's hot podcasting. It's very similar, except there's a lot more sitting than stretching. Yeah. But it is about the same degree temperature. All
0: right, buddy. Well, I love you. All
1: right. I love you, too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.